Welcome to Mindful Minds. So it is just going to be me this episode. Hello, how are you guys? I haven't done just one with me in a little bit. Um, But today we're going to be talking about contamination OCD, Um, which funny enough is probably the mental illness that affects my life on a daily basis, like the most, but I think it's probably the one that I talk the least about. Um, I did want to give a little bit of a content warning Um, for people who do struggle with contamination OCD, talking about germs, like thinking about contamination can cause you more anxiety. So I wanted to just give a warning that we will be talking about contamination, germs, um, needing to clean, things being icky, uh, impulsive actions and kind of like intrusive thoughts, um, because that all kind of is a limb off of contamination OCD. So I also wanted to give a disclaimer this episode is going to be based in my experience. Um, I'm partially making this episode because I think it's a really important thing to talk about and it doesn't get talked about really at all. But I also am hoping that I can find some other people who maybe have similar thoughts and habits and experiences with contamination OCD because It's something that I have felt very alone in for the majority of my life. So I think I'm releasing this episode kind of selfishly at the same time because I would really like to be able to find a community to, you know, feel seen and heard and find some support in this Um, because I don't really feel like there's much of a community behind it. And that can be really shitty when you are going through something and feel like you're alone in it. Um. But I also wanted to give a disclaimer that this is coming from my personal experience. I'm not a trained uh, or licensed professional, so um, I will be reading for uh, from some articles that are written by licensed mental health uh, counselors and workers. But um, I wanted to just make sure that I, you know, gave that disclaimer um, because it's not something that I have actual training in. So I wanted to start off by um, giving a little bit of a description as to what contamination OCD is, because I think that there are a lot of misconceptions. And um, like most things, I think that the media has perpetuated a lot of these misconceptions and misunderstandings. Um, So I'm going to read off of um, a website called treatmyocd.com. And um, this article is written by Josh Kaplan, and under his um, bio, he says that he has been a licensed OCD therapist since 2011, and he has a bachelor's degree in clinical social work. Um, So I wanted to give that disclaimer as well. He is licensed. Um, And here's his just definition, basically. Contamination OCD is a common OCD subtype in which a person obsesses over contracting an illness or spreading germs. These intrusive thoughts cause the person serious anxiety and stress, which they try to relieve with compulsive behavior like excessive washing or avoiding crowded spaces. Um, And so he has an example of what this could look like. Example one, a woman struggles to use a public bathroom. Sandra is shopping at the grocery store and has to use the bathroom. The realization that she will need to use the public restroom triggers an onslaught of obsessive thoughts about germs and illness. She feels intense fear and dread upon entering the restroom. In an attempt to reduce her anxiety and prevent contamination, she carefully avoids contact with the door handle, toilet, and sink. After using the bathroom, she washes her hands aggressively for several minutes until she feels clean. 
Despite the thorough wash, Sandra struggles to cope with the uncertainty that her hands may remain contaminated. She returns to the sink and washes once more, this time up to her elbows. Upon leaving the restroom, she still feels uncertain that her hands are completely clean. In order to relieve the doubt, Sandra ends up washing and sanitizing periodically for the next hour. Her, her hands appear chapped and sore, and a quick shopping trip has turned into a long ordeal. So, contamination OCD manifests differently in everybody, right? Just like if you have OCD, your intrusive thoughts, your habits are all going to look different. There might be um, kind of like similar themes among people who have OCD, uh, but it doesn't, it's not going to be like a carbon copy. So I'll give my personal experience. So like if I go into a public restroom, I, I'm not as much of an obsessive hand washer. Um, although I am someone who, uh, I'm, I'm an obsessive hand sanitizer. <laughs> um, because in my opinion, I don't feel like I can do as good of a job washing my hands as like alcohol can do on killing the germs. So I will more so like obsessively hand sanitize, but I have had this like intense fear and dread upon entering a bathroom. Um, I am someone that never sits on the toilet. If I am not in my own home or in my parents' home, I squat because <laughs> God forbid I touch it. And then what do I do? Do I sanitize my ass? Like, how do we, how do we fix that problem? So I just squat. Um, and it's something that like, you know, I will, uh, either, I think there's two methods that I will try to keep myself non-contaminated. So either, and this is in all situations, either I touch the door handle, right? And then I'm very aware that that hand is now contaminated. So then I will only use that hand to touch other contaminated spaces. So like, for instance, if I need to um, then reopen the door handle and then touch the um, sink, then I know that hand is contaminated. So I need to wash that hand longer. Or I will go around touching those contaminated spaces by like grabbing a paper towel and like using the paper towel to open up the door or grabbing a piece of toilet paper and using that to open the door and shut the door and like using a paper towel to turn on the sink. So it's kind of like one or the other. I either avoid contamination altogether or I am aware of what is contaminated and then I keep like a laundry list of that in my head. And from what I've heard from other people who suffer from contamination OCD, the laundry list thing is very common. So, and I think that's partially why having this disorder is so wildly exhausting because I'll give an example for myself. And this was all prior to the pandemic too. I think that that's important to note. Um, I'll go into how my contamination OCD has gotten a hell of a lot worse since COVID, but this was all prior to COVID. So like prior to COVID, let's say that I go to a park. I would typically avoid going to parks because I know that they don't fucking clean like park benches. And so let's say that I sit on a park bench. Then I get in my car. So now in my head, I'm aware that my pants have touched a park bench and they've now touched my car. And then I'll go home and then I need to take off those pants because they are contaminated. And then I need to go back to my car and wipe down the seat of my car. So I'm keeping a laundry list of what things have been touched and contaminated. Um, which can take a lot of mental energy and can be very exhausting to like keep this laundry list, especially when you have a really busy day and you're touching a lot of things. So if I'm going to the store, like 
I, I know that I'm, you know, oh no, I just touched this and then I touched this and then I touched the keypad for when you put in your credit card number and then I had to open a door and like now it's like, oh my God, I've touched so many things. Um, and so since COVID, um, I think that something that really triggered me was the world became aware of the things that I was already aware of, which for some people I've heard that that actually gave them comfort where it was like, Oh my God, thank God. Like now people are aware that there are germs and germs are scary. And like, you know, thank God, like people now know like how I feel. And that's great for me. That was really not the case. It was more so now every time I turn on the news or the TV or open my phone, there's some new article about a new surface that has germs on it that could kill you that I didn't think of prior to COVID. So I would sanitize my phone pretty often, but like, you know, then there's all these articles about like, your phone has the most germs, like more germs than a toilet seat. And then I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. (laughs) Or like, you know, germs can be on your groceries. And I was like, oh fuck, I didn't think about that. So I remember talking to um, a friend like in the midst of the pandemic, we're still in it, but it was like the very beginning stages, I think probably like April, 2020. And things started coming out about like sanitizing your groceries. And I remember telling my friend, like, the thing is, is once I start this, I'm not going to be able to fucking stop this. Like, I remember literally having the thought of like, oh, I'm so fucked. I'm so fucked because I'm not going to be able to undo this now. Like, I now have this awareness and this knowledge that germs can be on groceries And this is now going to become a part of my like ritual and a part of my routine. And now I don't know how to not do this. And I was right. So I think things started maybe coming out in probably like June or July of 2020 that you don't need to be sanitizing your groceries. It is June 9th, 2021. I still sanitize all of my groceries and I open all my packages in the hallway because I can't get that awareness out of my head. And that's part of the intrusive thought aspect is like when I've tried to kind of push those boundaries and say, you know what, I'm not going to wipe off a grocery. I'll bring it into my house and all of my neurons start like firing at like double capacity where it's just like germs, 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 germs. Like you just touch that. That's dangerous. And I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. And a lot of it is like, I will clean it. Not as much because I'm convinced that I've taken away the germs, but I think more so to quiet the intrusive thoughts because then I kind of check off that checkbox. Um, and we'll get more into kind of the logistics and the rationality behind why a lot of people do what they need to do. But I think it is important to go back to this definition that um, Josh Kaplan laid out. So... Once again, these intrusive thoughts cause the person serious anxiety and stress, which they try to relieve with compulsive behavior, like excessive washing or avoiding crowded spaces. So you're not as much so doing these compulsive behaviors to actually kill the germs. Like you are, but it's more so to calm the anxiety and quiet those intrusive thoughts. And a lot of times, like most OCD behaviors, you'll quiet one and then another one will pop up and then you'd kind of just do this snowball effect of now you have a routine that is like 15 different steps that you have to do every day or you feel like you're going to die. So I wanted to go into some of the symptoms of OCD. 
uh, specifically contamination OCD. So once again, this is from the same article. I will obviously link this article because we're going to be taking a lot from it and kind of basing a lot of this conversation on this article because I don't want to just pull all of this like out of my ass. I want to make sure that I'm talking about this in a way that is accurate. Um, but what are the symptoms of contamination OCD? All types of OCD include obsessions and compulsions. Obsessions can come in the form of un- unwanted and intrusive thoughts, feelings, urges, and doubts, while compulsions are repetitive physical or mental actions connected to those obsessions. People with contamination OCD become preoccupied with fears of illness, germs, and dirt. They can spend hours dwelling on these fears on a daily basis. Common obsessions include fear of contracting STIs, developing cancer, or otherwise becoming ill, fear of spreading illnesses and contaminations to others, fear of bodily fluids, including blood, saliva, and semen, fear of germs, toxins, radiation, dust, dirt, fear of getting contaminated by germs or getting sick, fear of more magical or illogical forms of contamination, such as another person's negative emotions, breath, or bad luck. In response to these fears, people with OCD engage in various compulsions in the hope of reducing anxiety and cleansing themselves of any contaminations. Uh, People with contamination OCD may engage in compulsions for hours every day. Common compulsions include excessive and repetitive hand-washing, showering, and cleaning, separating contaminated items from non-contaminated items, discarding of items deemed contaminated, repeatedly changing clothes, using harsh chemical cleaners on one's skin, scraping off the skin that the person thinks may be contaminated, excessive researching of germs, illnesses, and ailments, magical rituals such as praying, knocking, repeating, or thinking certain thoughts. Um, so for me, the ones that I relate to in this list, I do have a fear of contracting STIs, developing cancer, becoming ill. Um, and I do have a fear of like spreading contaminants. I have, I do not have a fear of bodily fluids. Um, I think mainly cause I am a nanny and I think I kind of just became desensitized to that because I dealt with so many bodily fluids. Um, and then my repetitive behaviors would be excessive ha- or, and repetitive hand washing, showering, and cleaning. So um, right now, because of COVID, uh, I shower every day and I have to shower if I go out into the world. So if I go to the store, I will purposely like line up all of my um, errands so that I am out and about in the world for a chunk of time. And then I can come back, I can put my clothes directly in the washer, and I can. Um, shower. Even before COVID, I was not someone who really would rewear clothes very often. Um, I think there were certain spaces that I deemed not contaminated, like because I went to them so often. So like classes and like the coffee shops that I would frequent in my mind were not contaminated. And so if I wore clothes to those places, it was fine. But then if I went to more of a new place or a more public area that I felt wasn't as clean, then I would have to change clothes. Um, now since COVID, anytime I go out into the world, I have to change my clothes. Um, I definitely discard of items that I think are uh, contaminated. I've never really been someone who uses the harsh chemical cleaners on one's skin. Although I have heard of people feeling the need to do that at the beginning of COVID, I did do that with Lysol. I would like Lysol my body and my hair because I'd freak the fuck out. Um, I have kind of been able to calm down off of that. Um, and then I don't research germs because I can't <laughs> it, like literally ruins my life. I it, like, it literally sends me, I can't do it. <laughs> um, this is also an important thing. So once again, same article, 
Compulsions can also take the form of avoidance and reassurance seeking in an attempt to reduce fear and suffering. A person might avoid specific people, places, and things they think might be contaminated. In more severe cases, they may avoid spouses, family, and friends. People with contamination OCD often seek reassurance of others, repeatedly asking for confirmation that something has been cleaned properly. That is a big one for me, and it is also something that is very often misunderstood because I think a lot of people take that as, wow, or wow, you're like a controlling psychopath. And in reality, it's like, I'm not trying to control you. I'm trying to control my own fears. And you're an extension of me because I see you, especially if I'm in a relationship. That's a big one because if I'm in a relationship, my mouth is on your mouth normally. <laughs> so if my mouth's on your mouth, then that means that like anything that you have like eaten or like if your hand is touching my hand, anything that you've touched, like it, then I, I'm an extension of you. And so I think people that are in my close circle, I often have to ask, like, you know, did you X, Y, Z, like, are those clean clothes, especially during COVID that has really, really, really been amplified. And we'll get into some of the stereotypes around contamination OCD, which is often kind of misconstrued as germophobia, um, because there are a lot of misconceptions and a lot of judgment that's placed on germophobia. Um, and then we'll also get into how to love someone who has contamination OCD because it, it, yeah, there's a lot to that as well, but I want to get into, um, this aspect of it first. So, This article also goes into how does contamination OCD affect a person's life? So we're going to, I'm going to read this chunk first, and then we'll go more into the actual conversation around all of this. Um, OCD is often mistakenly used as an adjective to describe someone who is simply clean, neat, and tidy. There is a misconception because it misses several key elements that make contamination OCD a chronic debilitating condition, not a character trait. The fears and thoughts of a person with contamination OCD tend to be illogical and irrational. Minor risks may seem like imminent disasters. Because of these disproportionate thinking, that person engages in intense compulsive behavior aimed at reducing the perceived risk. For example, they may fear that touching a doorknob will result in contracting a deadly disease. In order to avoid touching doorknobs, therefore, they may avoid leaving their house altogether. Even then, they may begin in engaging and excessive washing even while staying home. Irrational fears lead to excessive routines and actions. The fear of contamination does not simply go away once the person has carried out appropriate washing or prevention. I'm going to read that again because that's important. The fear of contamination does not simply go away once the person has carried out appropriate washing or prevention. As with all OCD OCD themes, the compulsive attempts to reduce anxiety are not effective long-term solutions. These obsessive thoughts are recurrent, coming back over and over and over. In fact, the more a person engages in this obsessive compulsion cycle, the stronger the contamination OCD can become. The more they wash and avoid, the more the fear of contamination grows. The more they wash, the more they need to keep washing. The more they avoid, the more they must keep avoiding. OCD plays a tricky game, enticing the person with only small amounts of relief, only to then increase the fear and obsessions in the long run. This downward spiral can eventually take over the life of a person with contamination OCD. The condition may lead to difficulty holding down jobs, maintaining relationships, and even simply leaving the house. Excessive washing and cleansing can also result in health concerns and actually increase the risk of illness and infection. In more severe cases, an individual may no longer leave their home at all. So, 
in the context of COVID, obviously, like, it has not been helpful (laughs) because I was already slightly agoraphobic before the pandemic. And part of that was germs. Part of that was social anxiety. So to give a little bit of background on myself, my college experience was shit. Um, I got assaulted two months into college. Yeah. So after that happened, essentially I didn't want to leave my, uh, dorm because there was a lot of rumors going around. There was a lot of gossip. Um, my abuser still lived on campus. So it basically turned me into someone who never wanted to leave my home because socially the outside world felt very unsafe. Um, that then like the germs definitely played a role in that, but I think it was more social anxiety based. Um, that also really played into my eating disorder because I wouldn't leave the house to get food. We had like a cafeteria on campus and my social anxiety was so bad that I would rather sit in my bed and be lightheaded and not be able to stand up because I was so hungry and so like malnourished than get up and go to the cafeteria and face the anxiety of being in a crowded space. Um, So that was already really intense for me. It started getting a little bit better my senior year, but I was still very reclusive and like didn't want to go out. Um, Specifically on my campus, I would go out other places, but I wouldn't go out on campus and I lived on campus. So it was kind of hard not to like go on campus or if I needed to get out of my room and like go to the store, I'd have to be on campus in order to do so. So it was like a very tricky game. So I only left my college because of COVID. So COVID hit in March and I was still living on campus. And then we ended up like, you know, moving back. I ended up moving with my parents. And then my kind of agoraphobia switched from being uh, like based in social anxiety to being based in germs, because then it was like, well, now I don't want to leave my house because the world is scary and these germs are going to kill me. And so kind of going back to contamination OCD, where it started for me, the earliest memory I have of it is probably like age 10. And that was because we um, fostered a little girl who we then adopted, who is my sister. Um, who was born very premature and had a lot of health issues. And so um, for about a year, our family had, you know, hand sanitizer in every corner of our house. We would have to really like methodically wash our hands. Um, I wasn't allowed to have friends over. My little sister couldn't go into grocery stores because the germs could literally kill her because her immune system was so weak and she had so many different health issues. And basically that created that was a trauma for me at a young age. And that basically created contamination OCD in me. And I think at the very root of my contamination OCD, it is a protective mechanism to try to keep her safe. And that became very apparent during COVID because she's still immunocompromised. And I would have sobbing, like, like absolute meltdowns where I would be panicking about, um, trying to keep her safe during COVID. And 
that's when a lot of my control issues came out because I was living in a house with my parents and my parents are not, they don't have contamination OCD. So they don't follow the same rules that I follow. And it got to the point where like I was having meltdowns almost daily because it was like my parents didn't see the need to like sanitize groceries anymore. And so they stopped sanitizing groceries. And then it was like, oh my God, well, like you can't stop sanitizing groceries because if you stop sanitizing groceries, then you can touch things after touching those groceries. And then I'm not with you all the time. So I don't know what you've touched and what's safe to touch and what's not safe to touch, which that might not seem like a big deal to other people. But to me, that was like absolutely detrimental because it was, I now no longer feel safe in my own home. So then that made me basically agoraphobic to my own bedroom where I wouldn't leave my bedroom because my bedroom was where it was safe. And it was, I had actually got to the point where I bought my own groceries and kept my own groceries in a mini fridge in my bedroom um, so that I wouldn't have to leave my room. And that did not help my eating disorder because you cannot keep enough food in a mini fridge for weeks on end to try to sustain yourself. Um, And it got to the point where I actually had to move out of my parents' house and move into an ex-partner's house we were dating at the time because um, there was an understanding there with my my ex-partner that he would engage in these kind of ritualistic cleanings, even though they didn't help him. Like, you know, he didn't, he wasn't, he didn't have contamination OCD, but he would sit there with me and wash all the groceries with me and Lysol his backpack the second he walked in the house. And, um, for me, that was probably the most like seen I've ever felt in my life, to be entirely honest. And that was also something that I kind of then put on my checklist for a future partner was like, they need to really like take this seriously and be able to support me in this and not necessarily be a crutch. Cause I do think it's important to like, not just want to live in contamination OCD forever. Like I am actively working with my therapist on, um, how to make this better. And I think a hard thing with that is I have multiple mental disorders. And so we're kind of trying to figure out like, which one is the most pressing? Um, which arguably would be like contamination OCD. And then I also have like a mood disorder. So those are probably battling for the top spot. Um, But with contamination OCD, like the treatment is exposure therapy. And for me, that is so terrifying, especially I think in the midst of COVID. And I kind of have a feeling that I'm not going to be able to really start to unpack it until after COVID has seriously calmed down. Because I think trying to do exposure therapy when there's literally a disease out there that can kill me, like, and is like super highly contagious and scary, like is something that I don't know if I'll be able to handle. Um, but I think having someone come into your space and make these small adjustments to be able to make you feel safer is just makes you feel very, very loved and seen and like valid. Um, or makes you feel valid. And I guess I can kind of move into uh, like how to love someone with contamination OCD, because I'd be lying if I said that it, it isn't like tricky. 
That's definitely tricky. I mean, like you're going to have like, you know, there's someone's going to ask things of you that maybe you don't really want to do or that you don't feel is necessary for, you know, to maintain the quality of your life, but it is necessary to maintain the quality of your partner's life. And that's up to you. Like it is up to you if you feel like that is a sacrifice that you're willing to make. But I think that the number one thing is obviously be aware of your own limits and be aware of setting your own boundaries. But if you're not willing to make those sacrifices, like just say that as kind and loving as possible and don't shame the person for having those um, impulsive thoughts and those intrusive thoughts. Just say, yeah, I don't really think that I can keep up with this. And like, you know, I love you and I cherish you, but like, you know, even if that, even if, even if that means ending the relationship, like this might be something that ends your relationship, but like, don't shame the person for that because chances are they've already felt a lot of shame around having this disorder and coming from like personal experience, I have had so much shame around it. And part of that shame is rooted in the way that other people have reacted to me having contamination OCD. Um, I've been in relationships where I am actively shamed for it. I had a partner at one point get very angry with me and yell at me and say, why don't you just fix it? Like, why are you so complacent with being germaphobic? Like, it doesn't do anything. You're not actually killing the germs. It's not actually helping you or saving you. Like, why are you so complacent with this? Like, why are you okay with just being a germaphobe? And that's like a really intense misconception is that this is just like a choice that I've made to like be this obsessed over germs and contamination. It's not a choice. It's a mental disorder. And so I think that because contamination OCD has kind of been mislabeled as germophobia, there's kind of this like thought that it's just like and just an irrational fear that you can turn on and turn off. And the thing is, is with germophobia, which germophobia is a real thing. Like you, you, you don't just turn germophobia on or off either. So I don't quite know like where people got that. Um, but when I was doing research for this episode, I, (laughs) I looked up uh, germophobia. And one of the first things that came up was like in the Google quick search, uh, why, why you shouldn't be a germaphobe. And I'm just going to read through the titles of a few of these articles, literally just on the first page of this Google search. Um, germophobic habits are useless. An article by business insider. Society is becoming germophobic. Let's not stay that way. Why I'm not a germaphobe. You shouldn't be either. Cleanliness rules germaphobes' lives. Don't fear germs, at least not too much. <laughs> uh, let's see, what's another one? Five facts to put germaphobes at ease. Uh, yeah, there's just a whole bunch of them about basically just just discounting germophobia the the one that kills me is the why i'm not a germaphobe you shouldn't be either because that like just really encompasses the misunderstanding of what contamination ocd and germophobia is i did not choose to be 
someone who suffers with contamination OCD. It's not like I woke up one day and was like, mm, you want to know what I want to just like spend hours of my time on when I could be doing other things? Yeah, doing like cleaning my house in a specific order every Friday at a specific time and uh, spending an hour or two Lysoling every grocery that comes into my house or wiping off my dog's paws with a um, baby wipe every time she comes in the house or else she contaminates my floors and then she touches me and then she contaminates me or spending a ton of money on laundry because I have to wash my clothes multiple times a day if I leave the house multiple times a day. Like that's a really, that sounds like a wonderful way to use my time. I think I'm going to do that. No, what the fuck? I didn't choose this. So that's the funny thing is so often it seems like society thinks that this was an active choice. Even the germaphobic habits are useless by like, first of all, fuck you business insider for that. Um, But literally, Literally, I'll read a a tiny chunk of this article. Sure, you know the basics. Carry hand sanitizer everywhere. Grab public bathroom door handles with paper towels. Hold your breath when your unwell-looking subway seat partner starts coughing. Bad news, germophobia. Or bad, bad news, germaphobe. Your meticulous habits aren't doing that much to protect you. Here's a look at all the weird germ avoidance behaviors that are likely not doing you any good. Can we just imagine... If Business Insider wrote a similar article about anxiety, all your anxious habits are pretty much useless. Bad news, anxious person. Your habits aren't doing that much to protect you. Here's a look at all the weird anxious behaviors that are likely not doing you any good. They would get crucified for that. But for some reason, contamination OCD is not regarded as a mental disorder. It's regarded as a weird choice that people choose because they're just, I don't know, over, overprotective, over controlling, high maintenance, whatever. Um, I've been called high maintenance so many times in my life because of a literal mental disorder. And I can't tell you how much that makes people with contamination OCD just feel like shit because it's like, it's this is you you telling me that my habits are useless isn't going to make them go away and i think that's that's part of the reason why i wanted to put emphasis on the article by Josh Kaplan is the way that he describes that um the intrusive thoughts they try we try to relieve those with compulsive behaviors and so you're not necessarily doing your behaviors to kill the germs you're doing the behaviors to try to quiet the anxiety and of course the the reasoning behind that is germs but like a lot of the times i know rationally that i don't need to clean certain things or that even i may be harming my immune system because i'm avoiding so many germs but that the the rationale doesn't help there and that's often um you know people will do that with anxiety too like well i don't need to feel anxious about this but i still feel anxious about this and it's similar to the way that people will um you know, shame anxiety or try to quiet anxiety um, and say, oh, well, you don't, you don't need to worry about that. It's like, okay, thank you. I, that, that didn't turn off my worry. And I was actually with a friend um, who also has some contamination OCD-like habits. And 
she she said to me like, oh, well, you know, that doesn't actually, and she was going to say something like rational and then was like, well, if I explain the rationale, it's probably not going to help, huh? And I was like, yeah, no, I know it's not rational. Like I just still need to do it. And she was like, okay, that's fine. Um, and that's like a totally fine response. Like you can, you can totally try to explain the rationale behind it and, but just don't try to force it on someone or try to make them feel like shit because, you know, maybe their habits aren't actually doing anything. A lot, most of the time we're very aware of that, but that doesn't mean we can just turn it off. And that's the same with just OCD in general. Like, yeah, me flicking my lights off 15 times might not actually save my family, but like I, that's what I need to do. You know what I mean? Like that's a lot of, uh, habits within mental disorders are not based in rationale or in rational like thinking, right? Most of the time it's just, it's literally based in irrational thinking. And so it's like for some reason culture has started to accept anxiety and correct people when they say like, Oh, don't worry about it. Culture has started to correct that culture has not for, for some reason, culture has, has not accepted contamination OCD. Um, which is frustrating and is, um, a bummer to be entirely honest. It's a huge bummer to watch, um, people start to accept other disorders and then somehow your disorder is still kind of put in the corner as like the weird one that, that sucks. And, um, I think with that, there has also been a normalization of, um, I talked about this a little bit on my personal Instagram page, but there's been a normalization of, let's say that you have an anxious friend or an anxious partner or an anxious family member. And they say, Hey, um, that song is a huge anxiety trigger or a trauma trigger to me. Would you mind turning that off? that is becoming more socially acceptable and more normalized. And you as a partner, a friend, a family member, you saying, oh, sure, I'll turn that off. No worries. That's not really seen as you having to make some huge accommodation or some huge sacrifice or your partner being controlling. That's just seen as you being empathetic and loving and trying to make your loved one feel safe. But yet for some reason, with contamination OCD, asking a partner, a family member, a friend to wash their hands before entering your space, that's seen as controlling. That's not seen as, oh, I'm doing this because I love this person. That's seen as, oh, this person's trying to control me and trying to like boss me around. Why is that? Like, why is there such a discrepancy between those two things when if you look at them from a very objective standpoint, you're basically asking the same thing. You as someone with a mental disorder are asking someone that you love in your life to make an accommodation to try to ease some of your mental distress or anxiety. That's what it is at the basis of it. But then for some reason, when it is, when it's applied to contamination OCD, then you're a control freak and a clean freak who has to control what other people do in their lives. And that sucks. And I really hope that in the next few years maybe that that perception will change. I wish it would have changed in, you know, the conversation around the pandemic. Cause I think a lot of things shifted in the conversation around COVID of like, Hey, we shouldn't go to work when we're sick <laughs> and like, Hey, we probably should just be hand sanitizing our hands. 
But, I mean, a lot of these articles that I just read through, quite a few of these are written in, you know, 2019, 2020. So, you know, not, they're, they're pretty, pretty new. And yet it seems like we still have so much judgment around it. And I also hope that that changes soon for the sake of um, the kids that have gone through this in this time period. Because for me, the trauma that made my contamination OCD, that kind of like birthed my contamination OCD, was what started it all for me. And I'm, I'm assuming that this will probably be the same for a lot of young people, that this will birth their issues with germs, right? Especially for young people who maybe were so used to just being able to play and have fun and stuff. And then all of a sudden now there's this very daunting virus that can kind of end everything. But I think at the core of all of this, and the primary reason why I wanted to make this episode was... I think that it's important to learn about different mental disorders because chances are there are people in your life who suffer from them, right? And as I've talked about so much on this podcast, in my opinion, like my goal in life is to try to learn as much as I can and understand as many people so that I can have more empathy for them. And I would say that learning about contamination OCD and trying to be there for people who may be suffering from it is that's not you being a snowflake. That's not you, you know, making some huge sacrifice. That's you trying to understand someone and trying to love someone through that. Which as someone who suffers from this, I can tell you that it means so much to me when someone makes an extra step to try to make me feel safe when it comes to contamination. Um, I recently was able to connect with someone um, who doesn't have contamination OCD, but has a similar um, phobia that a lot of our habits cross over. And it's the first time in my life that I've ever had anyone in my life who understands me a little bit in that, in that facet of my life. And like my contamination OCD started when I was 10 and I'm 22. So it's taken me 12 years to have someone in my life where I actually feel like I'm understood. And you can imagine how wildly lonely that feels to feel like you are by yourself and like nobody understands this part of you for 12 years. That's a long time. But I think in the past few weeks, it has been kind of eye-opening to be like, wow, it feels really good to have somebody in my house and in my space who understands this and who, you know, takes the extra step of changing their clothes before they come over to my house. And she mentioned that she sanitized her phone and her wallet before she came over because she knew that she was going to be bringing those items into my space. And I've really only had like two or three people be that intentional in my life, but having someone that also does a lot of those same habits out of their own fear um, just was so comforting to know that I'm not by myself in that. And honestly, it's only been about a year or two since I've started to realize that I'm not by myself in this. And part of that has honestly been TikTok. I know people shit on TikTok, but I managed to get in like the contamination OCD corner of TikTok. And 
found a creator who I really love that talks about contamination OCD, who I will um, like tag and link her, uh, her account in the show notes. But, and then going through the comments of those videos and seeing all these other people who also suffer from contamination OCD saying things like, oh yeah, well, don't forget that, you know, if you ha- if you wear your outdoor pants outside, they can't, you can't sit on my bed. And it was like, oh my God, other people do that. And other people like know the lingo of that, like outdoor pants. Cause I've said that so many times of like, oh, you've worn those pants outside. So like, you can't sit on my couch <laughs> or like, if they do, I know I have to lice on my couch after. And it's, it was so comforting to know that other people have experienced that. And not necessarily that I'm going to then double down and stick in that headspace and just have this really intense contamination OCD forever. I do want to try to work on not having it, or at least trying to release some of these anxieties and take steps in exposing myself to small things so that I can start to kind of decrease some of my habits compared to increase them. But it is still so comforting to know that I'm not by myself in that. Um, so yeah, I want to end this with reading the, um, part of Josh Kaplan's article that talks about whether or not contamination OCD is treatable. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to end on a negative, um, thought process. I guess I want to end with some hope here. So He says, is contamination OCD treatable? The bright side to this painful form of OCD is that effective treatment is available. A specific form of cognitive behavioral therapy called exposure and response prevention therapy is the recommended treatment available for all forms of OCD. Research shows that over 80% of patients respond favorably to ERP therapy. ERP involves exposing a person with OCD to something that will trigger their obsessive thoughts and then encouraging that person to resist performing their familiar compulsions. This allows the person to learn that their anxiety will come down on its own and that the compulsive behaviors are not necessary. In the case of contamination OCD, ERP therapy might focus on gradually exposing patients to the contaminant that they fear while assisting them in resisting the urge to perform compulsions like excessive washing. Throughout this process, the patient's obsessions and compulsions decrease, their anxiety improves, and the patient returns to a healthier level of living. In addition, the patient learns to accept the uncertainty inherent risks of everyday life. From my personal experience, this is from Josh's perspective, treating OCD, people are shocked at how quickly they experience relief from symptoms once they start ERP therapy. If you are someone who, or sorry, if you are someone you know is dealing with any form of OCD, I encourage you to take more steps to get informed. So I will be linking this article. Um, another really great way to get treatment, which I'm speaking from the not experience because I have not started exposure therapy yet, although I do want to at some point in time. Um, you can also go on psychologytoday.com. Um, this website, uh, it's treatmyocd.com, but the organization is called NoCD. Um, they also have, uh, therapists that actually are a part of their network. And so there's information on their website to book a free call. And they also have an app that is called a no CD that's spelled N O C D. So there's an app for it as well. Um, there's education, subtypes, treatment providers, a lot of information on this website. So I will link that. I will also link the TikTok creator. And then I also am going to link an additional article that's from vice.com 
that is um, a firsthand uh, interview, first-person interview, about people who were scared of germs long before the coronavirus. So it's interviews with people who suffered from germophobia or contamination OCD who then talk about their experiences during the pandemic and how it has worsened or been better or whatever. So I wanted to include that as well because I think that it feels really nice to know that you're not alone in it and to know that other people also have felt these feelings. And so I wanted to include that so that you have access to seeing other people's lived experiences, especially through COVID, because I think that people with contamination OCD have all reacted in very different ways to the pandemic. Some people feel much more safe and feel like, oh, finally, other people are actually taking steps to avoid germs. And then other people are just like really feeling overstimulated. So wherever you are in that, your feelings are valid and um, there's nothing wrong with you feeling those feelings. Um, And if anyone is listening to this and does suffer from contamination OCD, please feel free to reach out to me. I would love to find some people in my life and build a little bit more of a stable community of other people who understand what I'm going through. And I would love to be able to understand what you're going through. Um, But yeah, this is kind of a niche episode. So I apologize if it didn't like, you know, resonate with you. But I also think it's so important to talk about things that aren't talked about. Because I don't want other people to feel as alone as I've felt for the past 12 years. And I didn't realize how much I valued having a community until I met someone who also shares some of the same compulsions as, as I do. And then it was like, oh my God, <laughs> I've I've lacked this understanding and I've been yearning for this understanding and I didn't even know I needed it. Um, but yeah, so that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please rate us five stars on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also follow the blog on Instagram at Serafina blog and visit us online at serafinablog.com. And as always, which I need this especially today because this conversation was anxiety provoking for me as well. Um, to end our time, unclench your jaw, take a deep breath. And remember, you can always learn, you can always grow, and you can always choose to live your life in a more mindful way. I will see you guys next week.